ladies and gentlemen, welcome and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ball Is Not Life podcast. I'm your host, your co-host, and your favorite special guest, Ed Cotner Jr. And we're going to talk a lot about ball and just a little bit about life. Y'all know what time it is, baby. It's game time. Let's go. What's going on? What's good? What's cracking? What's popping? How you mama them? Mama them. Mama them. How everybody doing today? It is this very special, not so special, what the hell is going on, Cinco de Succo episode of the Ball Is Not Life podcast. My name is Ed Cotner Jr. I tend to run shit around here. Um, that's because don't nobody else care enough to do it. But anyway... Um, welcome back to those of you that have been here before. If this is your first time hearing this, you are about to experience someone so cold, man. Like I just said, episode 16, Balls Not Life podcast, we back. The Pacers suck. I'm going to try to keep this thing short because I said I would. What the hell is going on? I can't even call it trouble in paradise because it's more like trouble in hell down there at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. What the hell? I ain't really talked much about basketball. And that's really a problem because if you know me, you know I love basketball. I love basketball and I love the Pacers. I actually played basketball today. I got a few little buckets. Yeah. Jumper and never die. Um, <laughs> but I, I love basketball, man. I love the Pacers. And I, I've really been just disinterested in this team this season. And it sucks because I've been – I've not paid much attention to the NBA like I normally do. And I think because I can't go to the games and everything's different. Like right now, typically supposed to be playoff time. So like all like not not all my memories, but a lot of my Facebook memories going back the last seven to 10 years, are all playoff games, playoff experiences, PTO, tailgate and so on and so forth. So first of all, it's weird that we're in May and we're still playing regular season basketball now. Um I'm sure everybody's seen by now. Everybody's read their think pieces and written their their articles about uh, the Woj bomb that dropped last night, um, late last night. And I thought about it. I shared it on Twitter and I was just like, damn, like that's all I could say. And uh, I really wanted to talk about it right then. But I was like, man, it's too late. I'm tired. I'm going to bed, whatever. So I laid down, went to sleep, woke up this morning and my boys over in Australia to pace the rules had already done an emergency episode, and I was like, damn it. Um, but I like what they do. I respect what they do. Um, a lot of y'all know about them, and I talk about them on this show often because I like the pace rules. I like the way they talk. They, they speak from an honest perspective and not from this, like, you know, perspective of like, oh, yeah, we're just trying to get listeners, so let's appease everybody who's listening. Nah, it's just real talk, and I like that. So um, I did check that out. So if y'all get a chance, I think their episode is probably 25 or 30 minutes. Um, they got the advantage of, of the time difference. So what was nighttime for us was afternoon, evening for them, I believe something like that, or the next morning, afternoon, whatever. In any case, they had time to see the news, digest the news, get some reaction from other people and then talk about it right away. My ass was knocked out, but, um, that's neither here nor there. We're here cause everybody got a podcast. Everybody got an opportunity to talk, right? Do whatever they do. So, um, Man, I I just don't understand. First of all, I'm not surprised. I, I I'm lying. I am a little bit surprised at the report. If you don't know what came out, Woj uh, put out a tweet, a couple of tweets last night, basically saying that there's issues in the Pacers locker room. Um, and long story short, Nate Bjorker might get fired at the end of the, at the end of the season. 
So I believe the only guarantee he signed a three year deal, two years, the first two years guaranteed, something like that. Do you Google's basketball reference is fun for all of that nerdy stuff. Um, but you know, so we would be paying him next year. If we let him go at the end of this year, we'd be paying him for not being here, I believe, as well as still paying Monte Ellis to not be here. Uh, and that's cool. But I, I've i seen people start to question Kevin Pritchard. I've, I've personally questioned Pritchard, like, what, what are we doing here? Um, but I really, I really think that this point blank comes down to the ownership not giving a damn about basketball, first of all. And y'all going to argue with me. Those of you who are watching on Facebook Live, hello, welcome. John, I see you. Fonzie, what up, bro? What's going on, cuz? <clears throat> um, thank y'all for joining. Um, but I just wish that the owners cared. When I watch games, I love seeing owners, um, like the ownership and management group in Golden State. Obviously, they got a good team, so it's easy to cheer, right? But I love seeing Mark Cuban on the sidelines and kind of hanging out with his team. I love watching Steve Ballmer sit front row of the team that he owns and not just sit there with his arms crossed and legs folded, like, who can I get rid of as if he's picking out which slave is the good slave today? Like, I love watching Steve Ballmer get into the basketball games. And I don't know how many of y'all have seen the Simons at Pacers games. They just sit in that corner. The Simons, Donnie Walsh, Larry Bird. It's old. It's old and it's frustrating. And, like, I, I just, um, man, I just wish they cared more about the team. I wish they cared more about the fans because I'm, I'm, I think we're all, if we're being honest, we're all tired of this this uh this attitude of well let's let's be a tough out let's win some tough basketball games bullshit bro bullshit i said it at the beginning of the year i said it probably the last time i talked about this team and i haven't been talking about the pacers because this is it there's nothing fun to talk about even in losing we don't have anything to look forward to because we don't know when we turn them tvs on or when we buy our tickets and get them tickets scanned which i'm not doing again um we don't know what we're about to get you know what I'm saying? Back when we had Jim O'Brien with the Troy Murphy squad, and I hate to kind of, you know, rehash what other people have said, but you, you think back and, you know, even back in, say, 2012, even if we move forward and we go to Vogel and we say 2012, that team that lost in the first round to the Bulls, we didn't expect much from that team, but we celebrated what we had. We knew we were watching the team start to finally turn a corner, start to build, start to compete, right? They're losing close games. They're winning games maybe they shouldn't win. All the things are starting to happen to where you sneak in, you get the AC. You still again, they won game four from the Bulls in that series. I remember that was the only game I could go to in the series, and that was the one that we won. So we beat the Bulls that game. We go back to Chicago, D-Rose, and then finish us off. Cool, no big deal. Next couple years, we run, we lose to the Heat, and then bang, it all crashes. In those years. As a fan, it was easy to be a fan because I knew that those guys weren't about to give me top five NBA basketball. It just wasn't about to happen, right? So you you fast forward almost 10 years to now, and I look at this roster and I'm like, you you got you got a, you got a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. You got a, 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 a stout point guard in Brogdon. You got a, a stout center rim protector in Miles Turner. You got an all-star in Sabonis. You got a young bull in Karis LeVert who's on to come up. You got another young bull in TJ Warren who, for some reason, can't stay healthy. <clears throat> Could it be time for the training staff to go? Hmm. Um, you know, you got another young buck in Jeremy Lamb. 
those are your top six salary wise, but probably your top six players on your roster, right? And then you throw Vic Oladipo in there at the beginning of the year. Cool, Vic is going now. What up, Brooke? How you doing, Shouty? Good to see you. Well, good for you to see me. However, that works. <laughs> um, but you got all these guys. But then once you get past Lamb, and even if you say once you get past a Doug McDermott, you know Doug McDermott is a solid bench player, right? You, He's your Kyle Corver. He's coming off the bench. He's getting you shots. He's not about to give you 30. But you know what his role is, right? So, Bubba, my man, I see you. My fault. I'm just saying that. Um, for those of you listening for the first time, I respond to Facebook. I love responding to Facebook. It gives me energy. It kind of helps me keep going to respond to comments as they come in. So, again, welcome. Um but then, man, you get to the bottom of this roster, TJ McConnell, Gogo Bataze, Aaron Holiday, Sumner, Jakar Sampson, Keelan Martin, O'Shea Brissett. Like, I just named you six guys that are playing meaningful basketball. You're not going to win basketball games with those guys playing meaningful basketball. The last time, I've said it before, the last time TJ McConnell got minutes like this, he was on a sad-ass Philly team. He was on that on, he was a part of the Philly process, right? And when Philly got good, what did they do? Get rid of him. Justin Holiday, love his story. Love the fact that him and his brother are both here. We, you know, he's bounced around from the the then D League to you know what now is the G League and benches and so on and so forth to where he's now had a starting role with this team. Yada yada yada. You're not gonna find many Justin Holidays in starting lineups, especially. On, especially on winning starting lineups. It's just not going to happen, right? So, the and I know everybody says, you know, we got a bench and, and this, that, and the other, but the point of having a bench is not necessarily to have a second unit. Your bench guys, at least if you consider yourself a playoff basketball team, if you consider yourself a winning basketball team, a team that's going to compete, right? Your bench should be populated is a good term to use here. Your bench should be populated with at least two to three guys in your regular rotation that could be starters in the NBA. When I look at this Pacers roster, Jeremy Lamb maybe. From after Jeremy Lamb, McDermott, Holiday, McConnell, Batazde, Holiday, those are not starting NBA basketball players. Outside of potentially Osei Brissett, who is who has come on strong. Um, and it's like this this little stretch that since we've signed him, I really like that kid. And I hate looking at him because he reminds me of uh, Tyreek at Tyreek Evans, which is weird. But you don't have winning basketball players. You like you, and you're not going to win games if you, if you go to the Bucks. like the Bucks bench. You know what I'm saying? You got a Brent Forbes who started. P.J. Tucker has been a starter in this league. Bobby Portis, Jeff Teague have been NBA starters. Pat Connaughton could be a starter if I didn't say his name already. Brent Forbes, I think I've repeated his name. But these guys can play winning NBA basketball. These guys have playoff experience. These guys have championship experience. These guys have losing experience. These guys are now on the backside of their careers where they now understand what it means to win basketball games, what it is to play a role, what it means to not just be a guy on a losing team. Now you have a job to do. I don't want to see Bobby Portis in any capacity, starter, bench. I don't want to face Bobby Portis. Now, I'm not I'm not, I'm not an NBA player. I probably damn near could have been. Nah, I couldn't have been. Let me quit lying. <laughs> I got NBA range, though. But I don't want to see Bobby Portis. So knowing that Bobby Portis is coming off somebody's bench, 
imagine Bobby Portis going up against Goga, Keelan, Keelan Martin, Jakar Sampson, maybe. But really, that's bully ball. Justin Holiday going up against Bobby Portis in the post. No, absolutely not. You moved to Philly. Shake Milton, okay, cool, but they got George Hill. You got Anthony Tolliver. You got Mike Scott, Dwight Howard. Tyrese Maxey could start, and maybe. Matisse Tybull, we know, could start somewhere. Winning basketball players. I don't want to see any of our centers up against Dwight Howard. I don't want to see TJ McConnell going up against George Hill because I know George Hill could demolish TJ. Yeah, TJ's got effort. He's got heart. He's a little scrappy dude. God, no. So, to get to, to, to get to the point, because I think y'all get what I'm saying, and I'm talking kind of fast because I'm frustrated and I don't want to be here all night, and all these things are happening. It's just really frustrating as a fan to, to constantly be dealing with this, and I haven't talked basketball in a long time, right? But to get to the heart of what I'm saying, the Pacers have more sad guys or more non-starters, more non-competitive players than they have competitive players, right? That's cool. To an extent, because if you look at what the Knicks did, the Knicks were in a very similar situation. You got guys that are teetering. So what do you do? You go get a coach that can handle those teetering guys. You get a coach that can coach up your vets and then get your young guys to jump on board because they understand if I don't get on board, I'm out of here. That's the difference in a Tom Thibodeau and a Nate Bjorgren. How much of this is Nate's fault? You brought a young, chippy coach who's all about positivity. Sabonis and Brogdon don't give a shit about your positivity, bro. Kindness is not going to win us basketball games. We gave up. We've given up damn near 300 points in the last two games. 300 points in two games. How you score a buck 40 and lose by double digits? That's not good, man. You can blame schemes. You can say, damn, Burke should be here. Blase, blase, blah. Frank Vogel went to a team in L.A., got his vets on, got coached coach to his vets, got the young boys on board. Now, I know he got LeBron, and I know he's got AD. You still have to play winning basketball. Guys, the ball still goes up in the air. Guys still got to make shots. Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, Taylor Horton Tucker, those guys, Schroeder, KCP, I don't care about LeBron and AD. If those guys that I just named don't play winning basketball, then you're not going to win. LeBron and AD are nullified. There's a reason why LeBron has been to the finals so many times and doesn't have the chips to match his appearances. There is a very good reason. Because if the guys beneath him don't match and don't play that, le that winning level of basketball, nothing happens. So you got... That shirt, I'm wearing mine too. <laughs> I love this shirt, JD. It's very comfortable too. I love all the spiders long long sleeves though. Um, but man, you you just you're not gonna. It's not gonna be cohesive. If you want to have a team that's half and half, you got to go get you a. I don't know. I've never seen Chauncey Billups coach, but if I'm a vet. I'd rather listen to Chauncey Billups, who I know has experience in late game situations, who I know has championship experience, who I know has been there, has done that, has worked in the front office, has done commentary, so he knows how to study his own film. He doesn't have to depend on assistant coaches. He knows how to talk to players. He can relate to the NBA lifestyle. 
Nate Bjorkman's a very nice guy. I don't like seeing people get fired. I always say I, I never wish for people to get fired. Sometimes in professional sports, it's time to move on. I don't want to see anybody get fired because at the end of the day, we all got families to feed. All right. So I'll, I, I'll lob that out there. But I don't, I don't, man, I, Luke, how does Luke Walton keep getting jobs? Why am I reading reports of Luke Walton being on a hot seat again? Why does he keep getting jobs? Y'all keep giving him these trash ass teams. You get these trash ass jobs. He gets trash ass assistance and they get trash ass results. Yet he'll get fired or excuse me, replaced, told to move on and he'll get another job. Meanwhile, we talk bad about Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan went down to Atlanta and has turned that team into a top four team. If I'm not mistaken, they're definitely not in play-in range. The Hawks are sitting in fifth right now, right behind the damn Knicks. So the Knicks going to get to host a first-round series? Not a first-round game, not a play-in game. They're going to host a first-round series. And I I hope with everything in me that the Knicks and the Hawks play each other because I need one of those teams to move forward. I don't want to see them slip and get both getting I need one of those teams. I can't have them both getting eliminated in the first round because if I'm being completely honest, I'm quietly rooting for the Hawks, and I'm, I've am i said it out loud, and I have no shame in saying I am happy as hell for the New York Knicks because, for one, I like Derrick Rose, and I really wish Derrick Rose had never gotten hurt. I wish that with everything in me, even as a Pacers fan, I want to see my team compete and have to beat the best. I wish with everything in me Derrick Rose had gotten hurt, had not gotten hurt. Excuse me. Lord, forgive me. But so, so knowing what we know and seeing what we see, watching Julius Randle leave the Lakers, the way people dogged him out, talked about how overrated he was. Mm, if y'all know basketball, y'all watching uh, kind of sort of second coming of what Lamar Odom was. And if you don't know what Lamar Odom really was, go back and watch Lamar Odom when he was at Rhode Island and coming into the NBA. Because he was heralded as one of the first guys. Not, not one of the first, but he was one of them early guys that was a Swiss Army knife. And they told you could play off oppositions. And he could. So... Watching watching Julius Randle find his way with a with a with a good coach like Tom Thibodeau just warms my little soul, man. Abs- absolutely warms my soul because I, I for as bad as we talk about the Knicks ownership and as bad as we talk about that franchise, yes, Angel, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Except they're not going to win again next year. That's another episode, though. We're gonna get there. <clears throat> Patience, Grasshopper. <laughs> but I, I I just uh I this this Pacers thing is beyond frustrating. Because like I said, at the end of the day, you got this brand new chippy coach who thought he was about to come in here preaching sunshine and rainbows and blowing smoke up everybody's behind. And them boys don't want to hear that. Them boys came here to play winning basketball. Sabonis signed a deal and re-signed a deal for money reasons and for reasons probably beyond his control too, as far as the market, but they signed to play winning basketball. They didn't sign to go backwards. Yeah. You lost Vic. Vic was never here to begin with. You knew that. Yeah. TJ Warren's been hurt. Okay. What next? You still have guys on your basketball team. that are supposed to be basketball players. How is it that you can't get these guys to believe in what you're doing? To take a step back real quick. The Knicks got, Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, R.J. Baird, Julius Randle, and Nerlens Noel are their starters. With Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Alec Burks, Obi Toppin, and Taj Gibson coming off the bench. 
that is not a list of names that make you just go, yo, they about to blow everybody out the water. But that man that sits on the bench at the top, it's got the raspy voice like this. It loves to get technical fouls. Name Tom Thibodeau. Put some dog in them boys. Put some dog in them boys. So you take a guy like Derrick Rose, who already knew the system from when they was together in Chicago, and say, hey, young fella, let me show you how to win. Not let me show you how to play basketball. Let me show you how to win. That's a game changer, man. Same thing in Charlotte. I don't know much about Charlotte's coach, but the fact that they're sitting there in the eighth spot right now, yeah, they're going to be a playing team. That's cool. But they're not supposed to be there. They shouldn't be there. Uh, Angel, the Bulls are, are in the 12th seed, bro. They're not even going to get a play-in spot, okay? Love you, dog. <laughs> but it ain't happening. Uh, but I did see Zach Levine about to come back from his injury or whatever he had going on, so that should be dope. Um, They wasting Zach Levine, too. He got it. Like, what's, what's the point? What is the point? Let these boys go. Let them go. Terry Stotts, Portland. Kenny, Kenny, y'all done moved the roster 20 different times. It might be time for him to move on. So I don't know. I don't know who the Pacers, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm kind of jumping here, but I just kind of wanted to just talk briefly and get this out of my system. Cause I've been debating on one of these, one of these episodes. And I'm like, man, I got to talk about the Pacers again, but I don't know when, I don't know how, when is a good time to talk about the Pacers? Wolves gave it to me last night. Woe shook me up last night. So I don't know who the Pacers should get as a head coach. But if Nate McMillan was run was run out of town, now you're running Nate. You're run out of town. You can't have relationship issues with every coach. There's something wrong in that locker room. Now, out of respect for my man, and I know everybody else, dude, I hoop with that work with the Pacers. I heard some people asking him questions, and I kind of ear hustled, but not enough to really find out. I don't think that's really the thing to be doing. So I didn't ask him, but it's kind of doing, you know, mm, you playing with fire. You are playing with fire. You're playing with winning basketball talent. So what happens? Are we going to be mad at every player that wants out of here? Cause his organization has run like shit. Seriously, as a, as a Pacers fan, do we get mad at every player who decides I don't want to waste my career? Like, it's bad enough I got to live in the middle of the fucking country or the middle of Indiana, which from an, from an NBA, from a multimillionaire perspective, is just not a lot here. Them dudes ain't worried about raising families. Them dudes is worried about clubs, nightlife, shit to do. Okay? Everybody's not a Malcolm Brogdon. Everybody's not a, a Adam Vinatieri. Right? You don't always, you don't get those guys like that, especially in the NBA. So if you want a young guy, you got to give these guys a reason to play basketball. The Knicks got dogged out when they drafted R.J. Bear. They suck. They suck. They suck. What they get OB topping for? Oh, here comes Derrick Rose. Here comes, you, you know, you throw in there Julius Randle. Hey, young fella, let me teach you how to play winning basketball. Let me bring out the dog that's in you. Now, go get the rest of your boys. Let's ball. Fighting for a home court in the first round. I'm I'm ecstatic for the Knicks. I love watching what what the Sixers were able to do in and effectively using a process which I'm not a fan of tanking. I don't think you have to tank because you don't have to have you can be a bad basketball team without tanking. The 2012 Pacers were a bad basketball team. Sixers tanked. 
the Knicks were just a bad basketball team, I think. I don't think they tank. I think there was a good mixture, but you don't have to be a bad basket. You don't have to tank to be bad. They are not mutually exclusive. Sometimes you just have a team that's just not that damn good. So we might take a few years and just, this is just where, this is our state. This is where we are. We are just a lottery team right now. I don't want to see the Pacers tank. Let Osei Brissett, let Jakar Sampson, you know, if you want to keep TJ McConnell past this season, I'm not a fan of it. He wouldn't be my first signing. But let Jakar Sampson, let Edmund Sumner, let them boys run the show. Let them run the show. And then get you some picks. Yes, Angel. <laughs> See, I look, I tuned it out for a minute till you put the laughing emojis that caught my eye again. I don't know nothing about baseball. Go Reds. They almost a 500 team right now. I do need to talk about We're going to talk about baseball. I'm going to do a baseball episode. I'm going to do some research and do some Googles that I tell y'all to do all the time. We're going to have a baseball episode. Paul Promise, as my daughter will say. <laughs> um, I, I, I just don't, I don't know who you keep. Angel, love you, big bro, by the way. Appreciate that message the other day. Uh, I'm going to reach out to you here again later this week. But I don't know where the Pacers go from here. Because your top half is potentially all-star talent. And as you move down that list, it just goes, Decent, decent, solid, solid. Who? And that's just not going to work. And these guys are not going to continue to play for God, play with guys that kind of give you that that energy. I, I shouldn't look down the bench and be like, "Hey, man, where did they find this dude? Who? What? From what school? Okay. All right. Hey, hey, Rook, carry my bags." Cassius Stanley don't even want to show up to practice. That's why he getting popcorn in his car. Jaren Lee. Come here, baby. You say hi. Yeah. Say hi in the microphone. Don't do that. People can hear you. Say hi. How you doing today? How you doing? Talk to me. How you doing? How was your day today, Miss Melanie's? Was it great? Uh -huh. Did you play nice and make good choices? I was a girl today. What? Again? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, or Kyson. Or Kyson. Okay. Or Evelyn. Really? So it was just you and Kyla? Mm -hmm. And baby Claire. Um, baby Claire. Okay. All right. Hey, man, talk to y'all kids, man. I'm always giving my baby her shine on this show. Yep. Yep. Tell them, say, yep. Love you. You're the best. All right, get down so I can finish. Tell everybody. Okay. Don't, don't yell, baby. You can talk. Just don't yell. Tell them bye. <laughs> Tell them bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'll see you in a little bit. Bye-bye. So you can read your book. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. I can't stand her. But, I, man, I, it, I just don't know. I just don't know what this team is going to do. As a fan, I am totally tuned out. I have... I have no reason to pay attention to the pace, at least not intent, not intentionally. I'm not carving out time to watch games. I'm not recording games anymore. If I watch a game, I watch a game. I joke about them all the time, more on Twitter than anywhere. And I'm always like, yep, the other team is about to win by 20. They play the Kings tonight, Kings by eight. Smash the, if you gamble, smash the over, because we, we show us how don't play no defense around here. So feel free to smack the over. It's ridiculous. It's, it, it's in shambles. Blow it up. All of it. Seriously, all of it. 
coaching staff, front office, restart the team. I know the Simons only care about money. Because if you cared about if you if they cared about anything other than money, if they cared about having a real, a solid fan base, you would blow it up and say, you know what? Maybe I can get some value for Sabonis. Maybe I can get some value for Turner. Maybe I can get some value for Brockton. And rebuild this thing with Levert, Warren, and Lamb. And I don't even know about Jeremy Lamb. But that's your starting point right there. Levert, Warren, and and O'Shea Brissett. Start right there. Start right there. Maybe I I really think we should move Sabonis more than Miles Turner because Miles Turner just doesn't demand the ball. And I love Sabonis getting the numbers and all. That's all great and good. But when you're not winning basketball games, your individual triple doubles are trash. At least around here. Russell Westbrook does his in a different way. Russ is just a dog. That's a different. He's in a different place. He's in a different realm than Sabonis. But I, I just, uh, you know, our, our schedule coming up, you got some winnable games, and I hope we lose every last one of them because I don't want to go to the damn playing. The Pacers are going to find a way to get into the playing games. They're going to get to the playing round. They're going to win their playing game, and then they're going to get swept in the first round. They may steal a game in the first round, and then everybody's going to be patting themselves on the back saying, we did a really great job of fighting and keeping everything together and working hard. And, and, and just having an attitude of never giving up. You know, we were a tough out. You know, we lost all four of our games by a total of four points. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Don't want to hear it anymore. So, I, hmm, I don't know what to do with this team as a fan. Y'all see I got the jacket still sitting right here behind me. It's my team. It's my team, but I just don't know what to do. So I'm going to pause that conversation right there because we're going to see over the next two weeks, week and a half or so, what the Pacers do with the rest of the season. Um, I think it's definitely some jobs on the line. I don't know what value we have left in our roster, but there's definitely some jobs on the line. So hopefully they're able to pull it together. All right. So real quick. Before I wrap up, I told y'all my goal is to keep these things to about 30 to 35 minutes, if not less. Um, y'all just saw, for those of you who are who are not on Facebook Live with me, y'all just heard my daughter. Um, and I'm glad she came in here because May is Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month. And for those of you who may not know, um, my baby's four and we she was diagnosed. We were, I'll say we were diagnosed um, with cystic fibrosis at 10 days old. It's a day I'll never forget. Went out to the apple orchard, um, excited, like, man, next year my daughter be able to old enough to be doing this with me and, you know, do traditions. And I come back and there was a phone call um, taking place. And my daughter was, they had found what appeared to be a CF gene or the CF um, mutations in her genes and her newborn screening. And we had to go in for more testing. And with that testing came some blood draws, um, and I don't know how many of you have been through things with your kids, but, you know, watching your one month old child go through getting their blood drawn is tough. Watching your one month old child have a wrist, a strap put across their arm, knowing that they're about to be shocked, low key electrocuted very, very lightly, but enough to shock their system to make them sweat so they can gather sweat from their bodies 
to test the, the amount of salt in their sweat. It's tough. Listening to your baby cry with constipation, knowing that you can't fix it and trying to find a way. It's tough. Being told you're a bad parent because she's not eating enough. She's not gaining enough weight. We need you to bring a poopy diaper in here because something's not right. It's tough. I could go on forever about the toughness of my child. I could go on forever about what it takes to be a caregiver. Um, but there's no need. I will say quickly that the life expectancy of at least at this moment, um, you know, at this, I'm sorry, at the time of our diagnosis, life expectancy was about 37 years. So, again, I don't know how many of you have been through things with your children. I don't know how many of you have kids or have relatives, but I dreamt of being a parent, of being a dad. I could not wait for my moment. Could not wait for my moment. Many of you have seen the picture of the, the moment when she was born and we just connected on site. Um, and so to have these dreams and aspirations of what my daughter might be and what she could grow up to be and, you know, the things that I want to do with her and the the pictures and just the daddy daughter moments so that, that we all look forward to as parents. Right. Wondering if those things would be snatched away here in 37 years and wondering, man, will my daughter get to. Well, I get to walk my baby down the aisle and 37 years. How happy will she be? What what does this monster do to her body? How often will you be having to poke her and take her blood? What kind of tests will she have to do? All these questions. And this is the first time I'm talking about this on this podcast. But if you know me, you know. Um, but this this is the ball is not life podcast and ball is not life. My daughter is my life and her fight is my fight. Um, cystic fibrosis is trash. There are I don't have a specific number in front of me, but there are not there aren't a lot of people that live with CF right now. Not not as many as you would think. It's a very quiet disease. It's a very silent disease. And depending on your genetic mutation, it can wreak havoc on your body. My daughter already has a Mickey button, a G2, because she doesn't eat like the rest of us. Her appetite is different. So when we eat dinner and we're done eating. She has to take enzymes to process her food so that the food sticks and, and stays and that her so that the enzymes can break down the food and get her the nutrients that she needs. And then on top of that, she gets a bowl, a G tube feed where we plug her up to a tube and we pour milk into a syringe. And we've been giving her Pedialyte or Pediasure, I'm sorry, since practically day one. So I just want to make everybody aware of. This ugly, ugly disease, this ugly monster that my child lives with, she doesn't know that she has CF, um, can't even get her to say it. And that's fine. Um, she knows about her button. She knows about her nightly vest that she has to do. There, there are things that come along with CF, man, that that, um, you know, we, we try to you try to keep things normal, but she's not normal. And it's always subtle shit. At T-Ball last night, daddy, I'm thirsty. I need a drink. So now you got to make sure you keep extra Gatorade because as she gets older and she sweats more, she's going to have to replenish that. She's going to have to eat more and have more calories, more salty foods, a lot, of, a lot of butters and ranch dressings and cholesterol type stuff to gain weight, to keep weight, to help her body grow so that her lungs can grow, so that she can live. 
there's a lot that goes along with CF. And I'm not here to, to scare anybody. I'm not here to get, gain anybody's sympathy. I'm just simply here to let you know that when you see my small person, you see a fucking fighter. When you see me, I always tell people, if you don't know me as a father, you don't know me. Most of my Facebook friends know me either from high school or sometime long ago or something related to sports. But if you don't know me as a father, if you have not seen me with my daughter, you don't have a clue who I am because nothing matters past her. That's it. So whether I have her for three more years, 30 more years, 60 more years, only God knows that part. But my goal is to make sure that she does everything she can, you know, within her power to be happy. My job is to keep her happy. And that's what I do. That's my that's my ultimate goal is I just want to see my baby smile. As we all do as parents. So when I get on Facebook sometimes and I say shout out to the dads or I know Mother's Day is coming up this weekend. So shout out to the moms or whoever it may be. I mean that shit from the, the very depths of my soul. Because at any point in time. The flu, you know, me getting the flu, I quarantined. COVID was not easy. It wasn't easy, but it wasn't new. The, the, the virus itself was new, but wearing a mask, you know, six feet of social, you know, my daughter will, will constantly have to be six feet away from people like her, from other CF warriors, because they, they have to keep that six feet of distance because what Jaren may not have, Jaren's my daughter, what, what germs she may not be carrying, somebody else may carry and their germs could take my baby out and my baby's germs could take theirs out. The mucus that's in there just collects the germs and those germs may not affect Jaren, but she may cough. And within that six to eight foot range, that person could be gone in an instant because we don't know their genetic mutation. So, you know, I, I won't make this, like I said, a rant or anything like that, but understand that um, she's a fighter. And, you know, this year, again, we're not going to fundraise. We're not going to have any events due to COVID and out of respect for people's financial situations. I don't think it's appropriate to be asking people for money right now. Um, in the past, we sold T-shirts. We had a bowling event two years ago, which we were looking forward to bringing back last year. And COVID sniped that away from us. Um, and eventually we'll get back to some T-shirts. Um, I'm hoping that the softball community comes through for me. I eventually would like to have a softball tournament and donate proceeds of that tournament to the CF Foundation. Um, because we don't keep any money that we raise for her. Any money that we raise for Jaren typically goes to the CF Foundation. Um, we don't fundraise for her. We don't fundraise for bank accounts. We fundraise for the foundation. Um, so throughout this month, I'll probably do another podcast. and I'm going to talk about this again. But throughout this month, um, I'm going to be sharing things as I see it. And as I'm on Facebook, um, different stories of CF Warriors, different, you know, little facts and things like that. So I ask that if you don't do anything else. If you never share one of my live videos, if you never share my podcast, whatever. Go visit Jaren's journal. That is her page where we update everything about her CF journey. And we also just update shit about Jaren. 
you see her T-ball or her going to a Pacers game and whatever Jaren's doing, Jaren riding the bike, Jaren just being Jaren. You see a four-year-old being a four-year-old, but understand that behind that, behind those images and videos, that four-year-old has a monster living inside of her that as she gets older could probably wreak more havoc. We've been blessed in these first four years to not have had but one hospital admission. We know CF families who are in the hospital two to three times a year, a week and a half to two weeks at a time. This thing is this thing is not friendly. It is not friendly. If you've seen the movie, um, gosh, I can't. Was it? Uh, I don't know. Fault in Our Stars or something similar to it. They came out with a movie. I was like five feet apart a couple years ago. Um, and it was a story about um two CFers who fell in love and broke the rules um so cf sucks jaren's village is a real thing i'm not wearing a shirt or hoodie um i actually got a little mouse pad made i'll hold it up for the facebook people that's our last our last shirts and stuff you know that we had last design that we came up with but um just show my baby some love i don't need it she does maybe i do need it but she deserves it. All right. So again, I'll I'll probably be recording again before this month is over. This podcast is going way too long, but it's not way too long because it's about my baby. All right. So I hope that as you see CF facts, I hope that if you see people um, or know somebody, shout out to Stormy. Um, Stormy reached out to me just in a Facebook comment, but I believe um, Stormy's sister, um, I believe has CF. So shout out to Stormy and your family and you and your son as well, man. I, I'm constantly praying for you and your son. So if y'all if y'all know Stormy, Stormy, if you see this, shout out to you and your sister and your son. And I'm always praying for y'all because as a parent, I've told you before that I can relate to that. And that's it's just not it's not. Nah. All right. So I appreciate y'all listening. I appreciate y'all tuning in, liking, sharing, laughing, whatever it is. Give people their flowers while they have them. Love on your family members. Parents, go hug your kids. I don't care if they two or 42. Hug your kids. Kids, cherish your parents. We only get one set. All right? So I love y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. I'm going to catch y'all again in a couple of weeks. Maybe we'll talk some baseball or something. I don't know. Cystic fibrosis is the assiest of the ass. I hate that shit. And we're going to find a way to beat CF. And I'm not stopping until we do. And I mean that with every bone in my body. All right. So thank you all for tuning in today or this week or whenever you listen. And uh, I will talk to you all soon, man. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Celebrate safely. Shout out to all my Hispanic and Latino community friends. Love y'all. Even though I know this is not the real Mexican Independence Day. I see y'all. All All right. So until next time, love y'all. Talk to y'all later. Bye.